Hello and welcome to this live webinar brought to you by the Asian Seller. And today's topic is um, very special to to me. It's about single moms. All of us here are single moms, and we're going to be talking about how we are managing um, our kids and how we are doing it all, basically. <laughs> so, um, welcome Regina, Anna, and Anna. And we also have Anjali who's joining us. She's having connectivity issues. But um, hi, Anjali. She's here. <laughs> hello. Hello, everybody. Hi. Okay, cool. So, Anjali, we are just going to start doing some introductions now. Um, Regina, do you want to go first and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, and anything that you want to share about yourself? Sure. I was born at a very early age. <laughs> How far back do you want to start? <laughs> and it's, I'm only on my, only on my first drink. Um, okay, so I'm in Melbourne, Australia, where it is 9pm, so I, I am drinking a bit of a, a Prosecco here. Uh, I sell on Amazon. I have been a private label seller for just on five years. Previous to that, I was in a retail business. I am a solo mum by choice and have always been a solo mum. I was 42 when my daughter was born, so I was an old <laughs> solo mum. And I've always been in business. Uh, I was already in business when I had my daughter and I continue to be in, in business. Um, so as I said, so I currently sell on uh, Amazon, uh, in US, UK, Europe, Australia. Uh, I also um, have a podcast, the Women on Amazon podcast, and I do a little bit of uh, private coaching uh, as well. So that's me and my daughter and I have been in quarantine or isolation for almost two months now. And uh, let's just say that uh, I'm counting down the minutes till school goes back on 9th of June. <laughs> <laughs> yes, aren't we all? <laughs> all right, Anna, Anna Davidson, do you want to go next? Hi, I'm Anna. I'm from the UK. Um, I've been an Amazon seller since 2012. Um, and it's sort of part time as I was, uh, I've just been made redundant from the corporate world and stepped out on the uh, edge of the cliff, as it were. Um, and since then, I've, you know, I've learned so much about the online world as regards to digital marketing. Facebook marketing has been a bit of my thing, building e-commerce stores off Amazon as well. Um, and I also do quite a lot of mentoring and coaching. Um, I'm part of um, Import Experts, first coach and mentor a lot of those students. And also run my own program, I'm called Six Figure Amazon Sellers. Um Bit of back background, I went through a very, very difficult time, left a very abusive marriage in 2015, um, which still kind of gets me a bit quivering when I talk about it. But I'd say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, and um, I'm kind of now here to inspire others that they can actually get, get through any kind of adversity um, and still inspire your children and be, be strong in there. Be successful, really. Really, so, so um, recently featured featured in as well. I'll just get that in because uh, it was one of my proudest moments. So, <clears throat> yeah, just a little bit of a snapshot. Shall we? That's brilliant. Um, all right, Anjali, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Anjali. Uh, I'm a mother to a 14-year-old boy uh, who is aspiring to be a table tennis player. So I'm raising a sports person at home, which is a marathon. It's a crazy world. Uh, his sports career was the domain of his dad, uh, who passed away two years back. So it's all landed up in my lap. And I'm handling that and my, my own media career. As a media professional, I run a small content development firm. We do make a lot of videos. We cover events do a lot of writing, social media, vlogs, etc. So yes, that's me. I'm in India, in Pune. And uh, yeah, so good to be with you all. Lockdown, I'm not feeling it. I'm connected with such beautiful ladies today. Yeah, all around the world. <laughs> awesome. All right, Anna Warren, yes. you want to go next? <laughs> right. Okay, hi, I'm Anna. Um, Good evening from Manila, Philippines, where our lockdown was just eased into a modified um, community quarantine, which is which means that we can drink. That's 
That's it. So, yay. Um, I am a single mother to a four-year-old, which is why I'm on mute a lot, because if you listen closely, there are nursery rhymes in the background. And every once in a while, you'll see a little head around this eye <laughs> pop up and wave at you guys. I write for Amazon, so I'm I'm a copywriter. I've been a copywriter since um, it's a very long time now. So, like, so long that I can't even remember. And I've been writing for Amazon for about two years for Rhyme Label Studios, uh, which is also based in, in Manila, Philippines. So we do all sorts of listings, A-plus content, uh, infographics, so on and so forth. So, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Cool. It's so amazing. All of you are going to meet the kid who's fussing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, it's it's so amazing <laughs> that all of you are in 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 different continents, <laughs> basically. So uh, yeah, a little bit about myself too. So I'm a single mom to um, a nine year old, and um, uh, similar to Anjali, my husband passed away three years ago from a heart attack, and since then I've been raising my son, and uh, we live in Singapore, and I am of course the founder of India Sourcing Trip, and also the Asian seller. And before that, I was in the corporate world for almost 19 years, and um, I was also made redundant, <laughs> similar to Anna. So that kind of forced me into uh, starting my own business. All right, so those are introductions. Now let's get started and let's uh, talk about how we raise our kids. So, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a kid, but all of us here are literally doing it alone. So I want to find out from each of you, how do you do it? And what are the challenges that you face um, being a single mom? So Regina, do you want to go first? You're the first on my screen over here. <laughs> sure. Look, how do I do it? I don't, I don't know. I just make it up as I go along. Um, I guess the thing is, because I've always been a single mom, I don't know any different. And um, so I don't have anything to compare it to. I've always made the decisions for myself and my daughter um, without any outside, you know, other influence. So that's been uh, one of the positives. I mean, now that uh, my daughter is 11, she'll be 11 uh, in two weeks' time, uh, going on 17, that's posing some other challenges. But, but in reality, uh, my mother lives nearby. Um, and without her, there's no way I would have been able to accomplish the things that I've been able to accomplish. Uh, I had Alexandra when I was in a retail business uh, for the first couple of years, and I literally used to take her into the shop, breastfeed her, and then my mother would take her out for the day and bring her in at four-hourly interviews. It was a women's dress shop, so my customers didn't care that I had a baby that was breastfeeding in the, <laughs> near the um, dressing room, so, so that that worked out. But it, as I said, I, without my mother... Um, and, and to this day, my mother takes, well, obviously not right now, but uh, still um, my mother takes my daughter one day a week for like a 24-hour period. So that gives me a minute to breathe uh, and, uh, you know, do a bit of work if I need to or not or go to the movies, that, that sort of stuff. But as I said, I don't know any different. Um, but I am, you know, both the good cop and the bad cop which makes it uh, tough, as we, we all know about that. Um, and, you know, I think we're just all making it up as we go along and, you know, ask me when she's 25 as to how much therapy she needs to get. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Anna Davidson, how about you? I was going to say therapy. I think it's, it's us that need the therapy. Um, <laughs> I've got, I realised on my intro I didn't say that I've got two boys, um, a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. Um, no one really prepared me for puberty um, and, you know, hormones that were going to start kicking in, what's happened to my 12-year-old. But I think it, it's hard, isn't it? When you when you haven't really got a choice, you just get on with it. I've learned yeah. how to outsource certain things, like I have a cleaner and a, a gardener. <laughs> um, but with the lockdown, that hasn't been able to happen, so it's been quite, been quite interesting. I've had um, so we all have different roles in house. My, my uh, the boys get get loving with sort of chores and do little chores because I think that's good anyway. I think sometimes I feel, feel a little guilty for things like reading and homework. Um, they're, they're quite independent, but I feel that I need to be doing doing more together. So I kind of have a certain. It's just not got consistent enough because I think I have so many evening 
webinars where they're, where they're just going to, bed, going to bed or going to bed after. It's all a little bit of a rush. Um, so I think that's the only thing I'll beat myself up about. Um, yeah, we're a team, we're a team in our, so we all do different chores and, and get, stuck, get stuck in, really. And I think, you know, like Regina said, you just get on, get on with it. You don't, if you kind of, you, you're on your own. I mean, when I, when I say pair it to what it was, was before, I feel like it's pure peace now. <laughs> because with my ex-husband didn't do a great lot as regards to this. If anything, caused more um, drama towards bedtime. So, so I'm quite uh, grateful that, I, I control everything, you know. <laughs> that sounds like I'm a control freak, but I quite quite like the organisation and control and sort of, uh, or, you know, leadership in, in my coming from just me. Because um, I think sometimes sometimes disputes, can't you, about different, different ringings and different ways. So, so yeah, I just get stuck in, and we all have our our roles. Right, really. Right. Um, yeah, Anna. So, do you sometimes feel that it's difficult to uh, make decisions? Because that's something that I struggle with. Um, you know, like previously with my husband, we used to discuss everything and talk about things and talk things out and everything. But but now it's just me taking all of the decisions, and that's something that I really struggle with. Do you find that an issue as well, or or no? Yeah, I mean, I, I I totally agree with that. I haven't actually thought about that, but now thinking about it, I'm always thinking about with my parents or my good friends. Mm. Um, one of my one of my good friends got older, older boys. So I think sometimes she's already been through it, you know. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's always good, good discuss it with someone. Um, yeah, and if, you kind of sometimes need reassurance don't you, when you go through something new with a child. So as they're growing up, even like you say, making decisions on things. I really struggle with that, uh, you know, just, just deciding. And uh, I doubt myself all the time, you know, if I'm making the right decision. And I have to, like, sometimes make up lists of, you know, pros and cons of anything that I do. And I have to, like, talk things uh, over in my head. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's something that I've really struggled with over the last couple of years. So the other thing that I, you know, kind of struggle with is finances. You know, of course, single income, what, what sort of challenges do you face? Um, you know, Anna, let's start with you. What sort of challenges do you face? Or was it not an issue, uh, you know, when you were yeah, married? I think, you see, I've always been the breadwinner. So even when I was with my ex-husband, I was the sort of breadwinner of our family. Um, mm -hmm. But starting your own business obviously has its challenges and ups and downs. And um, with a lot of the things I've been through the last few years with lots of court hearings and, and solicitor costs as well on top of everything else that was quite a quite a struggle as regards to the extra money that I needed to be fighting my court hearings and things so um <clears throat> I think I've just always managed to do it you know like mm. I've, I've had periods of time where I've really been resourceful in my spending um and then and then then it's really nice to like splash out when you you know it's a different scenario so yeah I think it's probably it's not been a big challenge for me that because I was always financially independent before but really just the you know the, the problems it, it's not really been single mum it's been more building up your business initially right you know, I think starting a business is challenging so um yeah, I'm just trying to think how I've just always managed to, to be resourceful on times of, you know, um, ink a little bit down, really. It's surprising what you can make with a bag, a bag of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Regina, what about you? you uh, yeah, look, the, the same. I mean, for, for me, it's, um, you know, again, I've, I've always supported myself um, before I had a child. And uh, now that I do have a child, it's just the allocation of resources. It changes from my shoe collection. It becomes, you know, <laughs> dance lessons <laughs> or music class or schooling or you know, we we just priorities change, and and again, you know, it's, I'm thrilled to be able to make that that choice. And um, you know, being in business, it gives me a little bit more flexibility. And as as Anna said, you know, we do become very resourceful, and it's amazing how much more resourceful you need to become when you've got someone else to support. I think um, there have been times in my business where if I didn't have a child, I would have probably packed it in 
um, and just gone, yeah, it's all too hard, I'm off and go travelling. But when you've got a responsibility and someone else to, to you know, different mouth to feed, um, I personally have taken it a lot more seriously and, and that's been great for my business. Awesome. Hey, Anna Warren, let's come to you. So what sort of challenges do you face? Um, you know, let's talk about the village. <laughs> well, like Anna, I outsource. So there's a lot of um, delegating things. Like um, I, I feel very lucky because from the time that my daughter was about two, so she started education very early. Okay. So I had huge caretaker problems. Like um, a lot of the Filipinos, they've got uh, nannies that either live with them or that they stay out or whatever have you. I didn't have that. So I had a very hard time finding help to take care of my daughter. So when she was little, I was working in retail, like a lot of the ladies here. And there were times that I would bring her to the mall where I was working, but it wasn't always possible so you know that the you know that would be an issue like why is Anna bringing her baby and you know there were times that it just wasn't possible like had meetings or whatever so I ended up like out of desperation putting her in a class one morning and that just started it like she was about 14 months and she just took to it like a fish to water she loved the art she loved the exercising and she loved like the structure like and she loved the idea that she could eat cookies during like the morning. So that was a big deal. And um, so that was a consistent thing. Like now she's four. So for the past, what, what is it? Like two and a half years, she's been in school with people who've been really able to take care of her. And, you know, like, um, I think it was Anna who was talking about the good cop, bad cop thing, or was it Regina? Like you're kind of both, but um, her being in this school, her having started education from a very early age, I've been able to be the bad cop. You know, I've been the one who's a disciplinarian. I'm the one who's very firm and very strict. And it's like, you get to do this. These are your boundaries. Knowing that when she goes off to daycare, she's surrounded by people who she considers family now. They're not just teachers. Like, she's super close to them. So for her, it's like, they're so patient. They're so loving. And they'll, you know, they, they really nurture her soul and her spirit. And then you know, so it's, it's, she's got that balance, you could say. And then, of course, there's also my parents who live about like an hour away with traffic. So, you know, it's, it's, I've got that village and I've got so much support wherever I look that it's never really been like you hear the stories of single women like breaking down in the bathroom because it's just been so hard. And I feel very lucky that that's never happened to me in four years, you know. So maybe, I don't know if it's because like Regina, I've always been a single mom. You know, I've never dealt with a husband. I've never dealt with a daddy. I've never had to, you know, there's never been any of that drama. It's always been my terms. You know, I call the shots. So um, I suppose I would guess that having that sort of, I mean, control is a nasty word, right? It's not control. It's more like that, that responsibility that this is, the environment that I craft for her, that I cultivate for her, that it's it's easier for me to look at her as like she's like my little buddy, she's like my partner. You know, she, together we 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 figure things out together. There, and you can hear in the background trying to get my attention. <laughs> Let's talk about traveling. So that's um, you know something that I used to do a lot. Um, when my husband was around and, and for me personally, it, it has been really affected. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have family here in Singapore, um, but I do have a helper who stays, who, who lives with us. And uh, yeah, so, but, but I do leaving my son, you know, with, with the helper and he doesn't feel comfortable <sighs> with her as well so yeah, that's been a big struggle for me and even though I want to go and travel and speak at conferences I it, I found it really difficult to do um, in fact uh, when I did India Flossing trip last year I took him with me even though he had to miss two weeks of school but you know I had to take him with me so how do you guys manage uh, Regina do you want to go first yeah, look, again, in my previous business, uh, I was traveling to uh, Italy and France twice a year and Hong Kong twice a year uh, for sourcing. And in the first two years of her life, she came with me. She came with me on every trip. 
And okay. I remember there was uh, one of the very early trips. I Just before we left, I fell over and tripped and actually almost broke my arm. So I'm walking through, and I remember this, okay. through Singapore airport. I had good, one good, arm good. in a sling, a baby in a um, um, front, you know, pouch trying to um push luggage it was you know looking back i don't know how i did i must have been nuts but i did you know because i didn't know any different and that's that's what you need to do um after she was two we, i stopped uh, taking her with me it just got too much for her she wasn't quite as placid um and so you know i, I cut my travel down um you know i don't go to as many conferences as i'd like um from next year i'll pick and choose and I might bring her to some, like, for example, the Empowery Women's Conference that uh, I was at in uh, February. If it's uh, still running and we're allowed to travel in January, I think uh, it would be great. She'll be 11 and a half by then and she'll be old enough to soak in some of the the, the contents. I'd love to be able to take her. Um, but when I do travel, uh, my mother moves into my house and they sort of hang out together. Um, it also means that if I do go to a conference or a meeting, it's very, very short. I don't take any time either side for uh, for leisure. It's all just purely just get in, get out uh, as quick as I can to do, do my work, which is, you know, okay. Uh, but it's, it's only short term, you know, that'll change. In fact, we're, um, our big plan is uh, in 18 months' time, again, depending what's going on in the world, but we plan on taking a year and travelling together for a year, wow. just back, back, backpacking around the world. And uh, that's that, that's pretty much been my goal from when I started this business, is to create um, a financial and a lifestyle uh, option that we can do that. So, you know, short-term pain for a long-term Again, so yes, yeah, so my, my travel is a little bit cut now so that we can travel together more in the future. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Anna, what about you? Yeah, I think I think it is definitely a challenge. It's probably one of the things that I've got frustrated the most about because you can't as mums anyway, you want it all, don't you? You want your career, you want you to be a good mum, and then you've also got the single mum on top of it. Uh sometimes you feel a bit of an alien, I think. <laughs> You know, <laughs> as regards to like you know like things that happen in the school where families family invited and we always always the one alone. I used to, I, I kind of kind of got a point where I don't really care what we think, but you notice that you don't get invited to the couple thing do to some things. Um I know we're talking about travel travel, so I've gone on to this. <laughs> when um confidence speaking you know, you know events and things like that i've had a compromise probably, probably you make the way you've got to get, get the balance so sometimes i've done the whole thing of take the boys with me but it's always very challenging to do that my parents don't live locally they live in the same country but they're, they're a three-hour drive away so and i have had child care and babysitters but like you megler i think i think i haven't got like a full trust with especially like overnight night stuff really. I think it will get easier when they get older, and I, and I mindset of it's it's only a few years, isn't it? Um, they grow up so quickly. Already, my twelve-year-old going on fifteen is showing that he, he you know, I heard yesterday my uncle go, "You're not my my dad. Stop telling me what to do." So, so he's in that leadership role in the house, you know. Um, but yeah, I think tra travel is a challenge. And you've just got to try and do what the best you can. And sometimes you have to refuse opportunities that you may otherwise sort of grab straight away. You've got to prioritise, haven't you, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, was it Regina who said that she's in and out? I'm the same. Like, I don't, I don't stay extra days for, you know, to, to party with friends or whatever have you. Um, it's always, and you know, to... So Anthony Confrancesco, like he's big in the Amazon community as well. Like he's always handled the flight details and like, he's a sweetheart. He always books my flight the minute that the conference ends. So there's me like rushing home to Manila, no matter if it's the red eye flight, you know, just so that I can be there when she wakes up or, you know, snuggle her while she's asleep. So um, as for when I'm there, you know, I've been very lucky because my parents traveled a lot when I was a kid. So they were they were bankers in the 80s and travel was just a huge part of our lives. Like I grew up abroad. I grew up in several countries. Um, if we weren't moving, they were traveling from business trip to business trip to business trip. So 
Um, I guess like the very first time that I announced to them that I was going to be traveling for work, like they, they weren't even affected. They, they were just like, okay. Like they were expecting it. Like they were like, yeah, it's in our blood. Like, of course you're going to travel for work. So um, then there was me like micromanaging my daughter's life, like with this extremely long Excel sheet and like all of the emergency numbers, including like allowances for what she was going to eat. And like, here's the time you're going to pick her up. And here's the time she's supposed to go to sleep and how long she's supposed to take a bath for. And now I look back on it. I'm like, Oh my God, stop. You know? So, um, so yeah, I guess it was, I mean, I went from like the helicoptering nervous mom. Like I remember the first time that I was at global sources, she had a fever. So it was a bit of a nightmare because I was coordinating with her, with her pediatrician and Viber at the same time that I was talking to my dad on Facebook messenger. And I was like, thank God I have a good phone that can accommodate all of these different connection apps, you know, so I can, you know, sort of keep an eye on her in that way. But um, so the, the funny thing is when I, when I go to another country, part of it will be, you know, even just one night and be like, you know, let me explore the city or like, you know, have drinks with friends or whatever have you. And since I spent a lot of my youth in Hong Kong, you know, I have a lot of friends there. In fact, her godfather is there. So it's always a matter of like, when I'm there, there's always one evening when I kind of separate from the business thing and go spend time with my crew. But that will almost always involve a trip to Toys R Us. Almost always. In fact, I don't know a time. Like I was like one trip, I was like, oh, I got some free time. I got an evening with like nothing. There's nothing on my list. So I'm gonna like maybe get a drink, you know, do some shopping and you know, you know, me things like me time. And then I realized I don't know how to have me time anymore because I went straight to Toys R Us. And then I went straight to the to the pharmacy and bought all sorts of like stuff for my senior citizen parents. And then and then I went straight to the McDonald's because like McDonald's in Hong Kong has excellent Wi-Fi and my feet were killing me. So I stopped at McDonald's and I called my family and I was like, hi, I have my daughter. And I was like, this was supposed to be my me time. So complete failure. So, you know, in terms of like traveling, I guess when I do travel for business, it's really just business. You know, it's really just for the sake of like going there and I'm in and I'm out, you know, and I'll buy a toy, I'll buy a souvenir and then that's it. So. Yeah. Oh, the, the other thing I use uh, travel for is sleep. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've had sleep? <laughs> oh, Can what? you share? <laughs> Well, my I'll, I'll tell a story. My very first trip to Hong Kong, uh, when Alexandra stopped traveling with me, so she was she just turned two, and that's when the airlines want to charge you, you know, crazy fares. So I wasn't paying for her to come, um, and I, I was in Hong Kong uh, for some meetings, and I was in a Starbucks, and I met some very good-looking. Uh, DHL pilots who invited me to go partying with them in Hong Kong that night. And, uh, you know, it's the first time in my life, because I've been partying in Hong Kong previously, and the first time in my life I actually said, you know what, I'm going to stay in my hotel and sleep. And, <laughs> and I did. It was the best, you know, because it was the first, because, you know, I breastfed it. Breast, breastfed my child until she was almost two. So it was the first time that I actually had a good night's sleep on my own in over two years. It was amazing, amazing. So that's that's one of the things I do when I travel is I get to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah, incredible. <laughs> so talking about me time, I mean, do you, do you ladies get any me time? Do you plan me time for yourself? And do you, do you feel selfish when you when you're taking you know, your, your me time. Can we, can we define me time? What does that mean? <laughs> you alone and nobody else, no kids, just oh, you. Oh, you mean whatever, when I'm in whatever. the shower? When I'm, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you're talking about? You're alone, you're alone in the shower? Where do you leave your, your child in? <laughs> in front of oh. the cartoons. And like 15 minutes in, she's calling me, Mommy? Yeah. Usually, I, I leave her in her high chair, you know, because that's like prison. She's yeah. listening to me. So, <laughs> you know, I like stay in her high chair. Can I please take a shower by myself? <laughs> now she knows how to get out of her high chair by herself. So, yeah, not even the shower's me time anymore. <laughs> what about you, Regina? 
Well, as I was saying, uh, you know, aside from this current uh, situation, normally on Friday mornings, I drop my daughter off at school and my mother picks her up and keeps her and I don't collect her until Saturday afternoon. So that gives me a little bit over 24 hours. Um, It's supposed to be date night, which ends up generally being me on the couch with the cats watching crap TV. Um, (laughs) Because half the time I can't be bothered going out. It's like, oh, me time is uh, I'm very happy just just to, you know, chill, watch crap television. Um, So I will often on a Saturday morning get up very early and do some work or I'll take myself out somewhere nice for breakfast or go for a walk or, um, yeah, that's 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 my me time. So I get that once a week. Um, It started when I was in my shop and I we were open late. So I had to do late night shopping. So that's how it started. So I used to say to my mother, look, can you take her that that one night and I'll work late? Uh, and then after I closed my shop and I'm now online, it was actually my mother and my daughter who decided that they still wanted to keep this tradition of one night a week. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. They actually, they decided to do it themselves. And I'm like, yep, fabulous. Love it. So that that's my me time. But, yeah, I don't do – much with it but it's nice it's nice to have it and of course for the last eight weeks i've not had that so uh it's been you know like like most most people yeah like um, everyone but, but, well like everyone you know absolutely so um we have gone uh here we've, we've been allowed to start visiting other people's houses as of last week so we have gone and actually visited grandma um for the first time but uh, i'm not quite sure how long before we start overnights again right anna what about you what does your me time look like as regina's the uh 24 hours that sounds fab uh, <laughs> i think i'm a little bit bit lana that it's um yeah me time me time comes in the shower although i do i think as they've got older it's a lot easier um yeah. when they're younger when you know anna what's your little girl called anna you're, you've got a four-year-old, haven't you? I think it's 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 challenging when they're that age. But they get a little bit older, older, a little bit more me time in the the household. So I tend tend to stay up quite late because that's my, my me time of just chilling out, maybe watching a bit, a little bit of Netflix before I go to bed. Although I end up watching loads of podcasts or videos. Um, and I think I get to go away, like to, you know, China trip or the India trip when that happens, that's kind of like my, my me time as well, even though it's work, because I think I've been just so fueled to be successful in my business that I really enjoy it. That, that oh, It sounds so cheesy, doesn't it, saying like that, but it is a bit of my kind of escapism from stuff, really. I think it is definitely important to have me time, even if, even if it's just like a bath at the end of the day with lavender oil and meditation music. Um, I tend to do that quite often, and the boys got used to it. Like Reuben will go, "Mom, do you want me to run a bath and stuff?" So, but actual time away from them is really difficult. I've had, you know, I can have like the odd evening. My parents, because they're three hours, would have to come and stay. So, if I was going to, you know, Hong Kong or China, it's fine. But um, they're not there just to have. That's why I said I was really envious of Regina. Having your mum around the corner is great, um, but. Yeah, I've had different sort of childcare. They've just not been consistent enough, really. And you just get to the point where you just think, oh, you know, I'm not going to just leave my kids with random people. Um, yeah. Even though at times I feel like it. <laughs> so, totally. yeah, I think it's a challenge. You just got to get your bits of time when you can. Yeah. But, but here's, here's the thing. T- times have changed. You know, when, when I was growing up, my parents uh, worked you know, two or three jobs, and I was the eldest of two. I was um, I was pretty much 10, and I had a five-year-old sister when my parents would be working most, you know, certainly on weekends, they'd be working, they'd just leave us alone. You know, we yeah. would we didn't have we didn't have babysitters, uh, you know, we'd come home from school, we'd wait. But but these days, uh, you know, my, my child won't stay home by herself for a couple of hours. You know, she might stay for half an hour while I go to the supermarket, but that's pretty much it. Um and she won't believe me when I tell her, well, you know, <laughs> I was looking after my five-year-old sister when I was your age. What are you doing? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, now that's illegal, though. Like, my, my so I have this, this single neighbor, bless her. She's so cute. She's She says to me, 
why don't, you know, if you don't get me time, why don't you just go out? And I said, well, who's going to watch my daughter? And she goes, what's wrong with just leaving your daughter at home by herself? And I was like, oh, not at four. Not at four. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Ten is oh, well. one thing, but. You know, ten, ten, ten is okay, but 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 four. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Hey, what are some of the some some nosy questions that you've gotten from people that people have asked you, being a single mum? Um, well, I have been asked, well, commented more than once that uh, that I'm my child's grandmother rather than mother. People just make that assumption. I, I, technically, I am old enough to actually be her grandmother. Um, but still, it's not nice to <laughs> to have people make that assumption. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions around. Um, you know, where is her father? You know, people sort of do want to know the story, um, and you know, I choose not not to share that publicly. Um, and basically, it's not anybody's business. Uh, you know, people make assumptions around. You know, did your husband leave you? It's like, well, I never had one of those. Um, you know, there's. People just have assumptions based around what's going on in their life, um, and you just it's water off a duck's duck's back. Really, um, I've I've never been somebody who who takes on other people's opinions or um, expectations. You know, my family are, are pretty cool, so they gave up asking me about uh, a husband a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, I haven't had anything. Said aside from being uh, mistaken for my child's grand grandparent, uh, there hasn't really been anything certainly recently that I can think of. And, and you know, my daughter's changed school recently, so she's the one that fields more of those questions around. Oh, you don't have a father? Why don't you have a father? Where is your father? And all of that stuff. So she tends to be more at the coal face of those sorts of questions than I am. And so we sort of have to come up with strategies for her to be able to answer those questions because yeah, she gets asked. Yeah, and that's something that I am also worried about. I, I mean, my son hasn't been asked that question, although, no, he was asked once and uh, he was literally in tears when that happened. Mm. Um, yeah. Somebody in, in class said, oh, I know that your father died and blah, blah, blah. And then he, he felt really bad about that. Mm. But yeah, otherwise, um, what I'm worried about is that he's going to see other kids with their dads and he's going to say, oh, why why don't I have a dad? And, you know. Uh, he's going to feel lonely. So that's something that I'm, yeah. Look, you know, I, I had, uh, I was thinking about this before at uh, my daughter's previous school. They used to have a um, father-daughter evening for um, Father's Day. And it was like a social games night. So I just used to show up, you know. I, I, and for the first three years, I was the only woman there. And then the last two years, they started opening it up. And the last one, there was like all the parents were there. It wasn't just just father and daughters. So that was really good to see that progression because I, I just used to, as I said, rock up. Uh, well, I'm both the mother and the father, so why shouldn't I be here, you know, <laughs> drinking beer, drinking beers with the other fathers, you know. <laughs> I love that. Because I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want uh, my daughter to miss out on the, on the evening because it was a social night for her and her friends as well. So it's was like, well, why should she miss out just because she doesn't have a father in her life? So we just used to go anyway. Right. I love that attitude. Anna yep. Davidson, what about you? Um, I think, yeah, I'm with you guys. With I think I've had, you know, family assuming that I'm going to, that I'm proactively looking for the next husband. Yeah. I'm, I'm so not. <laughs> um, and and then other people just making assumptions and different things. Well, I just think it's quite funny. I've, I've learned, I think I was so, I went through a, a real shame period where, I had to get over that and that's why I publicly talk about the whole domestic abuse thing because I was really embarrassed for so long and it held me back with a lot of in my, in my in my life and now I think I don't really care you know when you've had when you've had that embarrassment please outside your house the school um so I've had kids can be really cool can't they um I've had it recently with my nine-year-old old of his friends saying you haven't got that and then my older one saying your dad, your dad is it and things like that. But I think actually these are what make 
our children sort of stronger earlier because at some point in their life, whether it's our dad or something, something else, someone's going to say something, something, you'll be able to be a little bit thick skinned on other people's opinions or comments because anything, anything is an adult, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, but yeah, I actually don't, I'm not, not interested in getting jumping into the next relationship. And I, I think it's funny what people think. I've also got mixed race children. Children, I've had, I've had a lot of. I've had even one of my my sons not think that I, that I was mum, and that was a gen gen not a thing. Um, so we laugh, you know, though, the, the boys about different com comments. You know, I've, I remember having ridiculous sort of prejudiced racist comments when they were babies. Um, and I just used to say randomly silly. I used to think if someone says something stupid to me, I'm going to say something stupid back. And I remember this lady going, "Oh, what a beautiful baby! My friend's got a coffee-coloured baby too." <laughs> and I thought, what? <laughs> oh my God. So I went, "Oh, he's not mine. I, I adopted him from Africa, and I just walked off." <laughs> so if someone says something ridiculous, I'll just come back with something ridiculous. Um, oh, that's the point. I don't really care. It's about how you feel and how you boys are, and how I've always wanted to be make sure that they're mentally strong because life's tough. We don't know what's around the corner, and we've got to get through anything. So that's the kind of way I see it. Exactly. They are watching us, right? I mean, they are learning from us and watching us. In fact, I find that sometimes my son he he lifts me up. I find that sometimes when I, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of. Um, um, feeling a bit depressed or down, you know, he comes around and he, he kind of tries to cheer me up. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's made him more mature, I think, um, you know, having this experience. So Anjali, can you hear us now? You're back. Yes, I can hear you. I think a lot of people are working from home today in my area. I think they are doing <laughs> heavy duty work. Their bosses have given them too much work. Just, just out of all the days today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe there's some new show. Yeah. Apologies for going on and off. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Yes. So, Anjali, um, tell us. I, I, I agree, you, you have agree a very with you, Meghna, here. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Uh, so, I just taking off from what Meghna was saying, how our children make us stronger. Um, so, like I said, uh, it's going to be two years since my husband's demise. And uh, recently, uh, a few months back, I was having some challenges at work. And there were some challenges with the family. Uh, you know what said? He said, only a, vol a volcano, a tsunami, or earthquake can top what we've already gone through, Mom. So, hey, no need to worry, you know, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you manage? So you asking, I, I was asking you, like, what are the challenges you face being a single mom? You're just doing so much over there. Plus, of course, Adi is uh, a budding sports person as well. So how do you manage everything? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, so... As, because you're raising a sports person, you have to take care. Are they having the meals on time? Are they getting their enough proteins or carbohydrates? Are there tournaments? Are they being enrolled regularly on their tournaments, their routines? Oh, my God, it's packed chock-a-block. But um, it's been very difficult, very difficult, since I don't even know the game. I don't know what, what is a counter, what is a push, what is a topspin, what is a backspin in table tennis. And to be able to connect to my son on that level, it, it it was really hard. The only thing I think helped me was honesty that, hey, I don't know this. You tell me. I think the fact that he started all over again to tell me about his life, his career, his sports cocoon, which was mostly uh, there because of his dad, uh, that got us closer, really got us closer. And... Uh, Yes, we have had anchors and family in neighbors and friends and relationships. But I think instead of looking without, we, lock, we looked within. The core of our family is me and my kid, right? So when we got, when I started thinking, it's not I'm just being flummoxed by loneliness, by this bewilderness of being alone and managing so much alone. Let me look into the fact that this 12, 13 year old boy is also without a father. 
how is he feeling what is he you know what are his realities once that um empathy you know even as a mom you may lose empathy with your own kid in the humdrum of life you know in the in 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 it, life is sometimes so fast paced and can be cruel and you lose that kindness with your own children and i suddenly realized my strength is from within this core group that i have to connect back to my son and and that that has given me more strength than definitely the uh, you know make us there also many other friends mom sister father in law people like them but yes the two of us and i'm sure it's so much similar for similar stories for all of you also yeah absolutely I, i totally agree with you i mean at the end of the day it's just uh, you know the two of us aditya and me I and mean, we have to 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 manage and uh and sometimes it gets tough as well cuz you know we have our arguments and <laughs> he doesn't want to uh you know <laughs> Regina is smiling there <laughs> yeah. but it, it gets really tough and it's frustrating at times because you know you almost wish that you could just go into a room and lock yourself and you know let somebody else take care of or, or manage uh the tantrum but, but yeah you have to like be composed well, let's be honest we, we feel like punching people then don't we <laughs> totally yeah how, how do you manage the anger and frustration i want to ask all of you how do you manage that i mean i'm sure you have you know times when <laughs> you have arguments and they're not listening to you not doing their homework or whatever how do you guys manage that Yeah my my favorite at the moment is uh when I sort of ask her to do something and it's just a blank out no oh, like yeah. you know like how do you counter that it's like well yeah so so um you know just finding new ways new ways to communicate uh once they once they reach different ages it's you know the way that I used to communicate with her when she was 4 doesn't work anymore so I've got to change how I communicate uh to 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 get something you know out of her because it's all very much about the no now and it doesn't matter what i say uh i'm wrong you know and if i make suggestions on things that uh that i know will work it's like no that won't work just because they're coming from me and being able to understand that it's not actually about me it's about the fact that it's coming from me and it's about the relationship um you know i take a deep breath walk away and uh come back you know come back to it a little bit later but you know we're both pretty hot headed um so yeah it, it that that is very much a challenge you know i look i think back to when i was a teenage girl and i'm i'm amazed my parents let me live past the age of 14 to be honest so <laughs> you know <laughs> so i'm sort of now thinking thinking okay well how do i not create the sort of relationship that i had with my parents when i was that age and and it's a thinking back to that and thinking okay well this is what my parents were doing what can i do that's different so that there isn't that disconnection and it's you know it's it's tough and you know constantly learning you know i i spent an hour this morning talking to the school counselor to be able to get some strategies around communication and how communication changes uh, now that she's older so you know it's 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 tough it is tough but we have to take it on ourselves you know nobody else is going to do it for us Exactly. And that, that's yeah. that's part of being a responsible parent. Like because we you know at the end of the day we want what's best for our children and sometimes we just got to suck it up. And uh, as much as it might hurt my pride, you know, I often do sort of have to suck it up because that's not good for her. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. Totally can relate to that. Oops, what was that? <laughs> Does anyone else want to share Anjali, do you do you want to talk about yeah so oh definitely many many agonizing and angry moments so um i i let them wash over me i don't deny any feeling i'm frustrated i'm frustrated i'm furious i'm furious angry i want to throw things around i don't but i would but i feel it and uh, earlier in initial initial time i just thundered through the times you know i don't even know what i did but recently i've started thinking i've realized that uh you know children are holding a mirror to us if i'm having an argument and i would say why are you doing this he said but you did it the other day you know 
straight, Pat comes the answer, right? <laughs> so, and, oh my God, I did, <laughs> you know? So, so now I have probably, I don't deny my emotions because that would be putting a cap on a volcano in a way. Uh, I just, um, I'm trying to get more aware how to respond to them. So yes, I'm angry, but okay, go scream in, in the bathroom, not in front of them. Um, okay, so our special guest is waiting backstage. Um, before I bring him on, I just want to go around the table over here once and ask you, um, all of you ladies, what is the one piece of advice you have for single moms or single dads? <laughs> <laughs> Regina. Uh, just breathe, you know, <laughs> just sometimes you got to just take a deep breath and let it just, just let it go. And that, you know, tomorrow's going to be, because at the end of the day, I, th I think whatever we do. And, and I make a point of with, with my daughter and she knows that no matter how angry I get, um, that she's still loved. And I, and I think that's, I make a real point of that. And, and I also tell her that there's absolutely nothing she can do to stop me from loving her. And I think that's, that's the base that I work from. Um, and we have our knockout, drag out fights. But at the end of the day, we both know that, uh, that the foundation is there. So. You know, at the end of the day, we just got to, yeah, yeah, just breathe and keep going, you know. Yeah, yeah totally agree. Anna, Anna Davidson. Um, I think, yeah, my tip would be don't blame yourself. Don't beat yourself yeah. up thing because I think every mother has that, whether you're a single mum or not. So, you know, just speaking to friends and stuff when I've shared things that I've been bothered about. So you can only do what you can do and try and have a bit of Try and have a bit of fun through some of the challenges um, because you can find, if you just flip something on its head, you can actually laugh about some disastrous things that have happened or whatever. So um, don't blame yourself or anything. Yes. Good advice. Anna Warren, how about you? Breathe. Um, have a good stock of wine in the cupboard. Um, <laughs> forgive yourself. And uh, try to get, I mean, trust in the village. I, I, I mentioned that earlier, I used to be this massive helicopter mom until I think it was, I can't remember if it was my, one of my parents or, or, you know, somebody as well who was involved in her upbringing, uh, part of the village, as it were, said to me, you know, your daughter is going to be fine, you know, and I realized that that's so true, like whether whether, you know, at the end of the day, like the, the things that we focus on as single mothers, as single parents, like we, we take, we tend to analyze everything and everything is just so big, I think, because we don't have that other person to bounce ideas off of. So it's not like I have a spouse that I can talk to at night and be like, what do you think about this? Like, you know, I read this thing on the internet, like about parenting and what do you think about this? Like, there's nobody like that. Right? So at, at the end of the night, like, you know, when you're doing your Netflix and wine thing all by yourself at 1am, you're like thinking to yourself, am I doing the right thing? And the bottom line is, yes, you are, you know, and I realized that like, it doesn't matter if, if, you know, is, is she fed? Does she have a roof over her head? Is she smiling? Does she get exercise? Does she eat veggies once in a blue moon? Then yeah, she's, she's okay. She's okay. She has friends. She's, you know, she's a smiley kid and and one thing that my mother taught me when I was growing up that I feel is so important now that I have a daughter is never let the sun go down in your anger. So no matter how bad we may fight, no matter how frustrating it may get, no matter like, and like Anjali, I don't hide my emotions from her. I tell her I'm stressed, I'm furious, I'm frustrated right now. But at the end of the day, before she goes to sleep, it's like, I love you and I will always love you and I will never stop loving you. And there's nobody in this earth who loves you the way I do. So yeah, that's it, I guess you know just calm down and have a glass of wine that's the only <laughs> advice i can give that is very good advice indeed <laughs> all right looks like <laughs> up again. so um let me bring uh, our guest over here so hello danny hello guys how are we doing we're doing great how are you yes yeah good good lots to do between now and uh, next wednesday's launch but we're getting there yeah Yes. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Danny. I mean, this has been such an amazing 
the conference hasn't even started. And with all of these webinars and podcasts that all of us are doing, we're already feeling so inspired. So thanks a lot for putting together this, this uh, conference, Branded by Women. That's absolutely amazing. So do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the backstory? Like, how did, how did you come up with the idea? And why are you doing this conference? Well, there, there's a multitude of reasons. It kind of started back in when we done Seller Sessions Live last year. I think we find that there's, with a lot of conferences, it's about 90% men, 10% women. With Seller Sessions Live, for some reason, I can't confirm why, but it's about 35% women, 65% men. And... Um, it kind of came, part of it came from what, uh, you know, a lot of my team of women who work with me. And the other reason was that Athena took a lot of the women outside of the building. It was a beautiful sunny day. It was June last year. And then they, they'd done a video and stuff together. And I could see something there. But I'm thinking, how can a guy put a women's conference on, right? So there's that point. And then there was a beautiful message that come from, uh, uh, there's a lady called Hannah. She said she felt super inclusive. The speakers were down to earth. It was nice not to go to a, a conference and feel like it's like full of testosterone. You know, it was a different vibe. So that was another reason behind it as well. Um, and then I go on the road and I, I speak at a lot of conferences with other women and, and I've seen, you know, some people not been treated right and I've had to step in and stuff and I didn't like that. That annoyed me Uh and that made a, a big impact. I've got a 14-year-old daughter as well, and I want her to be inspired. Um, suppose I can relate as well to the single parent thing. It's like my mum brought me up. She'd been married more than once, but when it come down to it, it was, it was always down to us two. It was her who pushed me in a pram when she was 18 or 19 uh, through the snow. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's many reasons behind it as well is that I spoke to Melissa Simonson and she explained to me the difference between content at a male conference with women there and the kind of content that you'd get at a women's conference, how people express themselves, they want to tell a story. And it's a different perspective on things. And it's like, well, I won't be the first or last person to put on a women's conference, right? So... But if no one else is going to do it, why shouldn't I do it? But how do you do it was key, right? And so the only way we could find out how we do it is like, how can I put this together where I'm not involved and it's it's women inspiring other women? And this is where we come up the concept by having hosts. Mm -hmm. So my job, the way I see it, my macro of this is the platform is there to inspire as many people as possible. I want NHS uh, nurses on the front line who have sent me messages because they're bleeding patients and stuff and not getting PPE. And I've been supplying PPE to people on the front line through donations, through people, wonderful people in our industry. There might be an opportunity for them to go, do you know what? I can do branding. I can do listing optimization. I can do copywriting. And it can take them off the front line and move into this new economy that I believe we live in now. I call it the mind economy or whatever you'd like to call it, where we're using our brains to make a living now more so more so than a physical aspect you know at some point ai and all the technical stuff will come in and replace a lot of manual labor jobs but um yeah there's a multitude of reasons to to do it but i think ultimately what it comes down to is that i had to find a way where i could take a step back you know it's like with, this is the first podcast i've been on out of 20 because i say to everyone look i don't want to come on the podcast this is you guys this is what you do but i think we may have found the way to do it and that is by having a team of people and putting all the speakers in the press run on the podcast on the live shows and it becomes more of a, a unit thing rather than it's danny from seller sessions putting this on the speakers are the front people does that make sense and, yeah, and I think that's how we've managed to do it overall. Obviously, Kerry, my, uh, who works with me, who puts together Seller Sessions Live, works on all of our events and stuff. She feels strongly about it. And there's, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of reasons, but we had to find a vehicle of how do we do this with me not being on the front line, if that makes sense. And I th I'm hopefully we'll find out next week this is how it could be done and then next year it takes on a life of its own i don't and no one has to actually know i'm in, involved in whatsoever and there'll be another set of hosts and another set of speakers does that make sense so this whole thing will then just stand on its own and they'll never know i'm involved it's only at the moment they know i'm involved because it came out for our community first but i see it bigger than this 
what we're doing here, what you guys are doing, is bigger than our initial community. We just need to see how we can get it out into the wider world. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. So you've, of course, uh, you know, put together the entire agenda and the, you've looked at the topics and all the presentations and all. So how do you see, how, how do you think women present differently than than men, you know, in terms of the topics that they cover, the content that they cover, the perspective? What are some key differences? I think with, with, with mainly with women, they're naturas, right? I think women are brilliant at branding. I think women are more sensitive they are able to convey a story better than men can do as well and i think this conference because i've read and listened to every 36 plus presentations and i can see a clear-cut difference between the way a guy presents as i fly around the world as you know speaking on stage and but i think guys are more like tactical and it's uh well mainly a lot of guys are more into technical things like Guys are into things. Women are into people. Does that make sense? So there's a there's in most cases, I'm, I'm this is a broad stroke, and this is an observation from a guy. So I can't, you know, say that's the gospel or anything. But they're my observations, um, and it's interesting to see. Uh, I won't reveal it all, but like when you're watching all these presentations, there's a theme that that runs through it. You know that you can see which people will see next week. And that's what I'm looking forward to as well. But I'll keep that as a surprise. Awesome. And so what are some of the outcomes that you uh, expect after the conference? What sort of changes do you foresee might happen, especially you know, in the e-commerce industry, but even outside of the e-commerce industry? I think, I think we'll see more women on stage. I think you've got no excuses now. If, if I, if a forty-four-year-old guy with a beard can go around the internet and find thirty-six women to like high-powered women and it's successful to speak at a, a women's conference, I'm sure there are plenty of guys out there who can put them same people on at their conferences. I've actually had a couple of people I won't name who said that's brilliant. Like we were really struggling, like because you were doing a thing the other day saying we need to see more women on stage at conferences, and I agree. Right. So one side. But then there are there are people that men who run conferences are struggling to find women to put on stage because they're not easy to to identify. If I take it back to when I started the podcast, it's very difficult to get technical um, marketers that are women onto the podcast. I'd reach out to people and I'd get ignored completely. The reason I was able to now get more and more people on is because people meet me at conferences. From there, you build a relationship and it's so much easier. Um, so I think there's we need more women at conferences, which I think will be the outcome, without a doubt. Uh, you brought this to the attention the other day. I think more guys tend to ask if they can speak than women do. So I think that comes down to women should go, do you know what? I can stand up there as well. I'm going to ask them. You only have to look at Yana, who spoke to someone four times and eventually uh, got through there. So I think, yeah, I think hopefully with the event, people will see it and go, I can do that. And we'll also see that more of these events will sign up for free for Branded by Women, watch it and go, brilliant. I'll have Regina for doing X, Y, Z. I'll have such and such for doing X. Does that make sense? Because basically you, we, what we're doing with national PR campaign, all of these podcasts, email blasts, Facebook ads and everything else, we're hopefully showing people, look, there's plenty of people here. And some of these people at the conference is their first time. So it's about... 20% is the first time. And, and that comes, it's like, you can do this. I want you on board. I will coach you through it if you want it, but I believe that you can do it and it's, and it's come out really well. So this could be the start of their careers as well. But ultimately I'm hoping that the visibility out there will, will say to people, you know, great. I'll have that person at my conference. And then over time you'll see these changes. That's what I think, but you may not agree. I'm not sure. I totally agree on that. And uh, I think that's that's definitely going to happen. More women are going to, we're going to see more women at uh, regular conferences, whether virtual or um, physical conferences. But I do so encourage women to reach out more, honestly. If you want to yeah. speak at events, definitely don't be afraid to reach out. And I think that's where that will be very helpful as well. Exactly. exactly. If you don't ask, you can't uh, get a yes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, Regina and Anna, you're speaking at the conference, right? What are your topics? Um, Anna, do you want to go first? So, my topic is it's my personal story. So, it's the title 
you know, moving from domestic abuse to being featured in Forbes. But I'm also focusing on how I create brands, um, premium brands. So, you know, kind of convert a $5 item to a $50 item. So, yeah, that's the technical bit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Regina, how about you? Um, I'm talking about something that I've been obsessed with for the last three years, which is uh, chatbots and uh, how at the in the current uh, launch uh, climate, how you can use a very simple chatbot to rank for keywords and set it up very quickly and easily without being a technical person. So that's my presentation. Yeah. And I'm also speaking, of course, and I'm also sharing my personal story and my journey over the last few years. So that's. Uh, so I'd like to add a comment here as well is what Megla's story and Anne uh, in particular, the two of your stories are like they're incredible. And I think that's another thing. We go back to the storytelling stuff. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's the difference between uh, women presentations and male presentations. I think they're more of the storytelling is done, but you guys have had to come back, you know, talk about set, you know, make way for comebacks from setbacks. You guys have had a real run. And so you've been very brave and proud of you both. Thank you. All right. So, um, Danny, thank you so much for putting this together. And I've had so much fun putting all of these these four webinars together and talking about so many topics that are very close to my heart. And I have been inspired and, and learned a lot myself. So all the very best to Branded by Women. Where are your wine glasses, ladies? <laughs> oh, mine's finished. Mine's empty. It's a bit early in the day for me, but yeah. <laughs> Anna, where's your? Where's your cup? It's got a coffee. coffee. Yeah. It's empty. Yeah. All right. Well, cheers to you, Danny. Thank you very much you. for all that you're Thanks, doing. Danny. And Pleasure. we're really Pleasure. looking forward to uh, to Branded by Women. All right. Thanks a lot, right. everyone. All take right. Care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.